I believe every one of us can create beautiful images, feel fulfilled and improve our well-being through photography. The Quiet Landscapes podcast explores the life and work of photographers, creatives and thought leaders through monthly conversations that will inspire you. My name is Margaret Soraya and I'm delighted that you are listening. So today I have KJ with me and KJ is a licensed psychotherapist. She's also a writer and musician and someone who is uh, an advocate of how we can utilise expressive arts to connect with our creative and intuitive abilities, which just sounds wonderful to me. So thank you so much for joining me, KJ, all the way from America. Oh, my goodness, Margaret. I any time that you and I have an opportunity to connect and chat and just kind of jam on creativity and art, I am in. So I'm so happy to be here. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, You're absolutely right. I think we're so in tune and in line with our thoughts on how the two work together. Um, You know, creativity, well-being, self-compassion, resilience, all of those words, you know, we, we both are so passionate about it as well, which is, which is why it works. So one of the things um, that's come up lately that I wanted to talk with you about and get your take on is how, um, how creativity is essential for our well-being, first of all, how we can make space for it. There's lots of things. I'll just go over them. And, um, and then finally... In my membership, what's coming up at the moment is that we've come out of, um, we're free to roam now after lockdown. <laughs> we're all going about doing our ordinary things, going back into normal life. Um, people are finding that they aren't having as much time or making as much time for creativity because of family commitments. And this keeps coming, this question keeps coming back up. So I really want to get your thoughts on that. Um, but maybe we rewind first and we, um, if I ask you to, <laughs> Tell me a little bit how you think creativity is linked to um, wellness. The way I see creativity, I see it as an opportunity and a a conduit, um, a prompt for us to become aware and to become expressive of feelings rather than hiding them or avoiding them. And so as we all know, if something is stuck or something is, is not moving and it it grows in stagnation that will manifest in our bodies and in our creative capacities to be expressive and be present and take a moment to ask ourselves is this a healthy choice that i'm making right now and neuroscientists and all sorts of important psychologists have noted that we often can't be present and start the healing process if we are shut down to creative problem solving um, and thinking outside of the usual templates that are given to us. So all of this to say that that it's it's a key. It unlocks. It it unlocks our abilities to be in tuned and listen. And I think it was your original question on how it impacts our wellness or how it's... Yeah, so that can be mostly mental wellness, I would imagine, but also physical little bits as well. Yeah. yeah. 
there's something really powerful about asking ourselves why or why not we decide to make the time to think creatively. Um, you and I have done a couple activities or exercises in the past where we've thought back to messages that we learned when we were children even around creativity, around wellness. Oftentimes, unfortunately, um, artistic expressive expression or even fluid emotional expression is not as valued or it hasn't been seen as valued as, say, logically um, structured uh, cerebral thinking. Absolutely. We see it as frivolous, don't we? Or not necessary or not helpful. Yes. Yeah. Why should I take the time to do two hours of painting when I could get some work done? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I mean, look at how uh, this is how it is in the US at least. I, and it's sadly, sadly so very widespread. But the school curriculums, public school curriculums, the first thing that they eliminate um, whether it's for budget cuts or because people think that there isn't enough emphasis on engineering or mathematics or science. And they are all very important skills, of course, to have. But what they do is they eliminate then the creative, musical, emotional, expressive subjects from the curriculum is a way to maybe, quote unquote, make more time for the important learning. And I suppose when you go back to what you said right at the beginning there, where you're talking about um, being expressive for your for your well being, that is when you think if you think that that is it's almost like a therapy, isn't it? It's a, an expressive outlet. It really is. Um, if we're looking at the rates of mental health issues at the moment, surely anything that we can do to to help with that, and if that is in a form of art therapy, in in a, in a very subtle way, isn't it? Then that's so, so important. That should be at the forefront of, of everything, uh, not at the at the end as a, you know, a, a tag on, or if we've got time, we'll do that. So you made a really valid point there. That was really, really interesting. Thank you. Yes, yes. Uh, some of the work that I, I do currently is that I offer a couple times a week for only 20 minutes a day. A couple times a week I offer in my corporate work setting, which is interestingly enough a healthcare work setting. Uh, I offer for the staff, and that's anyone that's from from the janitorial duties all the way up to the executives, right, and everyone in between, we offer them 20 minutes of what we call um, self-care. And in that self-care session, we offer a variety of exercises that are creatively based and artistically based. So that might mean... Um, drawing mandalas together it might mean listening to some music and then having some journaling prompts in response to the music and it, we've done we've done stretching and we've done some some breathing exercises together to get them the physical body again unstuck because with all of the stimuli that we're receiving um, at such a quick pace every single day, it has to go somewhere. There has to be an outlet, like you had said. There has to be some sort of um, uh, uh, completion that happens because back to your original question, um, 
if something is not expressed or if it stays stuck, it will manifest in physical and mental barriers, uh, challenges. It might, in fact, impact the way that we communicate and um, speak with our loved ones, our families. It might impact our concentration and our, our happiness if we have some anxieties. Yeah, so... Just on that point then, I absolutely totally agree with you. I also read quite a lot about um, how those kind of stuck things in, in that are usually experienced in, in, this is getting a bit deep, but <laughs> usually experienced in childhood or later in life where you have a massive stress or trauma period in our lives. They can then go on if they stay in your body to um, become chronic health problems. And I, I, am, I am not critical when I'm saying the reason I've studied this is because I've suffered from this so and I've began the exploration of why why this has happened to me and then as you sort of unpick that you start to understand how that (laughs) that that just it stays in your body and that can be physically or uh, mentally so really really interesting and what you're saying is that we've we've got a key to this Um, one of the keys is there's obviously lots of different things but one of the keys is 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 outlet through art and creativity so therefore why do we not here's the next question for you (laughs) why do we not prioritize this what is it in us that's that that doesn't or should I turn that around and say do you have any ideas how people can prioritize that what steps can they take to to bring Mm. more creativity into their lives I love that reframe because I think in my winding story that I had moved into, I wanted to land on that piece, which is, as I am, as I've offered these 20 minute blocks of self care and creativity to the staff of this healthcare agency that I work for, um, the amount of resistance that I came up against. And I still feel it today. In the beginning, there was it was so foreign to people to think that they could schedule in 20 minutes of some uh, self-compassion time, some creativity time. And so it was about reframing and changing the name of the culture uh, by us offering to them during their work days 20 minutes and only 20 minutes imagine a a bunch of people a bunch of responders were just like 20 minutes is too long you know how am I supposed to get 20 minutes to learn to breathe and I was just like that's exactly the point um so we what we're doing to work through these resistances is restructure why we had those resistances in the first place and so One simple tip, I think you and I have shared and talked a little bit about this, but one simple tip is to actually physically schedule it in. Make an appointment in your appointment diary. Uh, Set a timer on your phone every day for the same time. And it doesn't even have to be 20 minutes. If 20 minutes feels too long to you, give yourself five. Start with five and then maybe build up to 10 in a month or so. Um... The point of it is, is to get into the habit and using your muscles and your muscle memory of granting permission to set aside the time, even if it's for five minutes, where you can ask yourself, what would I, where do I want to be right now? Uh, How is it, how is it that I can bring myself into awareness at least for 
a couple moments. And once we understand and we're aware, that's when we can start making these smaller changes or making these changes that build up to be big changes. Um, I have a whole bunch to say about this, but I feel like I'm going to spiral. So I'm going to touch base and check check with you. That's okay. Um, I am quite interested, but again, it would, it's probably going off topic a little bit when you said that that why is there the resistance to that? That is that is really interesting because actually we we sometimes um, you know I talk about this quite a lot. Why do we not value ourselves enough to be able to give ourselves the time to be compassionate to ourselves? Um, and that how how we should do it but they actually if you dig a little bit deeper to that there's a reason isn't there is that that's what you're saying that is and and it's frightening it can be frightening when we start to dig into the reasons and we've spoken a bit about the power of trying to remember a time and this is an exercise I do in my creativity and compassion workshops uh, I ask participants to Remember a time, maybe around age six. And there's a deliberate reason why I choose that age. Um, And I can get into that in a second. But around age six, what you would do when you had the time. A typical day in your neighborhood, in your town, in your city, your age six, in your wherever it is you live, if you have, if you're in an outdoor space or if you're in a city space, what would you find, what would you remember yourself doing when you were age six? Who were you playing with? What were you doing? What sort of sounds were around you? What sort of, um, like I said, people were hanging out with you at that time? Um, what activities were you doing? Uh, was there a, were there any natural elements that you can remember? For me, it's it's being near the beach, being near the seashore because I, I lived near the beach. So oftentimes I would ask folks as we would move through this meditation piece to try and locate that that free time, that open and um, receiving time around age six. I would ask them to rely on their senses. What do you remember smelling? What do you remember tasting? What do you remember feeling on your skin? Is it sunny? Is it cloudy? Is it rainy? What are you saying? Are you singing something? And so one simple way to relocate or at least invite yourself to find the reasons behind resistance is to actually go back to a place when you were not resistant. And so that's why I say age six in childhood, because studies have shown that it's around six and seven when you start to listen longer and more openly to outside guidance, whether it's your parents, whether it's your friends, instead of your inside guidance. And so that's why the prompt is, what would you do? What If you had, it was, say, a Saturday, a Saturday morning, and your parents say, go outside and play. Go outside and go do something. What would you do? You know? And this is all an exercise, as I said, to bring back awareness to a time when there were no constraints, 
There were no messages that said, you actually have to do this, this, and this. This is your schedule for today. But when someone actually invites to you and says, go, go do, what would you go do? And that's very um, similar to the things that I'm trying to teach people about how they connect to the 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 style in photography what is it they respond to what so many people don't know what they love in life um but it's all it's all very um it's very in tune with what you're saying actually there's parallels there isn't there so that is is so it's so amazing to to hear that so if we go back to um the part where the people who are um struggling a little bit they are struggling to find the time because of family commitments and um, for me, that's not an issue because I have uh, the most understanding partner in the world who doesn't mind me going off for weeks by myself. My children are self-sufficient and, you know, everything's I'm fairly free. I don't have family living close by, so I don't have those commitments. So for me, that's not really an issue. I So I struggle. Sometimes I'm a little bit like, um, oh, family time. Well, what, what's that? Because actually, if it's a lovely day, and the conditions are right, I'll be out there creating. My priorities lie in creating. And the family works around yes, it. Yes, same. Yeah, so, but for other people, it's different, isn't it? So it really how is. do we help them through with that? Have you got any ideas on that? I have a couple ideas. I did want to comment, though, as you were speaking, we're also emerging out of being locked away for a yes. year, year and a half, Absolutely, right? Yes. And yeah. so families suddenly, now that we can reach out to each other, there seems to be this piece where like, we're trying to make up for some lost time. So that's some of it. And some of it also is like, there's almost a scarcity thought, like what happens if we have to lock down again? What happens if we don't have this family time together? Um, there's this pr- a different preciousness that's... Um, that's right. Yeah, that's a good point that actually... Yes. yes. But I do think that that is, you absolutely, it's probably highlighted now. I it's think almost so. like I'm, I'm traveling a lot now just in case mm-hmm. we, get, we get. Right. Right. Again. Exactly. So, yeah. so, so it's the same what, thing. It, it really is the same thing. And then I'm wondering, so my ideas are coming from that, from that perspective, which is then let's all get together and speak about and do together what is precious. Why can't, as a family gathering, we do schedule in a 30 minutes of of painting together or being creative together? Bring your family into your world and share with them what you learned while you were in lockdown. Um, Because my sense of it is, and I've experienced this, I became more in tuned, more aware, more sensitive to my needs to prioritize creativity when we were in lockdown because for me that was my mental health uh mental health and wellness check and so it could be an opportunity to invite people into what you've discovered 
over this time. And it, it's, it, it opens up a dialogue. So you may even say if you're planning a family dinner, maybe one of the things that you learned while you were in lockdown was cooking, or you found yourself involved in some activities that more people could join you in doing. So you could do some cooking, or you might suggest, hey, before dinner, could we have like, um, like a fun dance session? Or could we listen into some music? What music did you all discover? It's, it's an opportunity to ask people what they discovered and then participate together in that activity. So that's yeah. that's where I would start. That makes sense. So there's there's other things that I um, there's a lot on your website that I was reading. Um, <laughs> and it's just so interesting. All of it is so interesting. I'm like, oh, which you're kind. Do I pick particularly the part on? But well, I think we'll do this on another podcast episode. Yeah. The bits about imposter syndrome. So, so interesting. I would love to hear your thoughts on imposter syndrome, mm. um, mm-hmm. self-sabotage. But actually, self-sabotage is a little bit around the things that we've been talking about today, about self-care and self-compassion, isn't it? It really is. And this all stems back to, again, you've mentioned it, I've mentioned it, our earliest experiences, whether that's in childhood, and that's also the relationships that we have. And so who's been modeling for us as as we were younger and as we were in our formative years about what health looks like, what what is valuable and is value um, one of the, is one of the values that we have creativity and expressive uh, expressiveness. So I can say that some of what my family story and family messages have been as I was growing up is that travel and music and art is lovely, is lovely, but it's not going to pay the bills and it's not going to be a career, right? So I had a healthy respect for it, but I always had it locked away in the understanding that really to be valued in this society and by society I mean by my own little nuclear family and by the message that my loved ones the people that I've attached to and care for value then I will go with that I will move with that messaging because that means that I'm still a part of a system that I belong and that is so common yeah that but that's so common isn't it it's it's probably Probably the most common story we have, isn't it? Where what the values in in life, the values are for work and for a career, and and you know it's different, isn't it? Interestingly enough, just on that point, um, my my family history is very very different in that um, I was always very much uplifted in my creativity right through from being very small. Um, I, I always remember being praised so much with my with my art. I used to spend hours drawing as a child, um, so you know it was very much encouraged and allowed to flow. And then my choices of going to universities of photography was always very much um, given a lot of credit by my mother. So the the value of that is is enormous, isn't it? And I think we should we should we should know that as parents that encourage the creativity in our children because it's just it goes so. F- so far beyond what we can imagine um, as being important. Yes, yes. Um, Especially during those formative years, as we spoke about, as we're younger, when all we really do seek is some sort of validation from our care figures, for the people that we care for, 
if they're accepting of us and they're saying yes and if we're if they're uplifting us and in, instead of dismissing or discrediting or saying well that's just a silly that's a silly dream um if instead they say yes keep going or yes let's know more about that that is an entirely different impact than someone who says shut that down that that's not reasonable that's not going to make you money and we value money in this in this group in this society um so get that out of your head you will have a completely different um approach in how later in life or or just even years after a couple years after that's been imparted to you that will determine whether or not you even attempt attempt to explore so you have some interest in being a musician or an artist but there's that voice that's saying really though is that really the is that what you're supposed to be doing it's usually and it's usually loudest in our our younger years but that will impact whether or not we will pursue that later as a career or um for the imposter piece that comes from uh the cacophony but also the just uh, the joint pressure of our familiar expe- familial expectations as well as how we've decided to respond what does that mean that we're going to agree with it or does that mean that we're going to rebel from it and so that could go in a number of different directions we could probably talk about three days on just how we manage to address and respond to messages that have been given to us and so the imposter syndrome comes up when when we find ourselves listening again to those discreditors or when we and and we can be the loudest voice by the way um that i would like to do a whole um podcast on imposter syndrome it's um it's something that's so interesting yes okay should we get you back from it let's do that that's fascinating it's it's fascinating for me as well um which again it's the adult brain it's the adult adult you coming through um with the imposter syndrome and i hate to say that in a way that almost sounds really um uh, uh punitive for adults or very judgmental but there is something about a carelessness of not understanding that what you say is an adult to a child um that it, it's precious it's yeah. precious it's, it is isn't it it is funnily enough my two children um my eldest is now at university studying music and uh, yeah it's just amazing i just love watching what he's doing and how he's flourishing and he's got these ambitions now in in uh, as a musician or whatever he wants to do with it and my youngest is also following the same path um i don't have a musical bone in my body but <laughs> really that surprises me mm. yeah no no not at all um no it's not not i mean i love music but it's not something that i ever practiced or um you know so but i think that that they've watched me in my creative um journey thinking it's possible it's possible so um allowing those possibilities to come through is is really important isn't it but that that has been um a, a really interesting chat or you know we've we've covered how important creativity is why it's important and how we can let more creativity into why 
why and how so we can let more creativity into our lives. Um, so I think that's really so valuable. I agree. And as you were speaking, I did want to say and make a comment on it, which is the value of it. It it does not actually equal the amount or the 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 large gesture behind it. Connecting with with a creative piece of you does not have to be this huge like you're not expected to produce this mural um or or the symphony because uh, because that's how you're going to honestly prove yourself as a creative no no it's actually just these smaller moments um even as something as simple as, like I said, instead of even scheduling 20 minutes of writing or, or listening to music, why don't you start with five? It's, it's becoming aware that there is some unexpressed emotions or ideas, and rather than hiding or avoiding them, it's bringing them into awareness. That's where, for me, creativity starts. And that doesn't have to take long. It can take just a couple minutes of quiet it could take a couple of minutes of breathing. It could take a, a lightning conversation like you and I tend to have that, that inspire and, and remind us, right, right. And notice in your body if you light up or if you respond. Like you said, you're, one of your practices for, for, for photographers is to notice what they respond to and want to take pictures of. You know, It doesn't have to be this huge thing. And then, it, it, then it's like a muscle, right? Then you just kind of spend a little more time and strengthen that idea and taking out a pen and, and paper and just starting to sketch. It just doesn't have to be this huge piece. And then also that would cut down on the likelihood of the imposter voice and the imposter kind of peeking up and going, wait, no, you're not supposed to do a mural. Who says you can do a mural? But no one says anything about me doodling. Nobody says anything about me just trying to mix colors of paint. I could go off on a tangent. Thank you. <laughs> that, that was wonderful. No, that's that's lovely. That makes it feel more accessible to people, I think. Um, so thank you so much for that. Um, You're I think that's just been such a lovely chat. I, I would like to um, just end with you telling everybody where they if they want to find you online, because I'm sure they will, and follow you. Um, oh, where you're so where kind. are you? I am in a few places. Firstly, I'm going to say this first because I end up saying it last. And I think that's the silliest thing. I, I have a podcast and you can listen in on weekly episodes where we continue to speak about some of these subjects, creativity and mental wellness and resilience. And, and that is called Stories of Astonishing Light. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find that. Uh, and then you can find me on Instagram. I'm in a couple different places. Some of my more personal uh, leanings are on at musings on other, but uh, my work with uh, creative arts and mental health and psychotherapy is on bliss begins within on Instagram. So folks can find me there. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, well, thank you so much uh, for joining us today, KJ. That was lovely. Oh, it's always lovely. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening today. I'm truly grateful for you taking the time out to listen in. If you feel inspired in any way, I'd really appreciate it if you could share or review the show. You can also share it on Instagram and tag me or 
reach out with any thoughts. I'm at Margaret Soraya and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.